Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jumpman! Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, uh, dude. Yes. I'm, I'm just drained because New York Comic Con, I was on my feet like all day, three days. Ah, uh, I'm so jealous. I know, dude. I missed, I missed having you there. Well, I was there spiritually, like okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi's ghost. <laughs> because I I felt terrible that I could not go, mm-hmm. so I watched the live stream on their website. Okay. So I actually was there with you during certain panels. <laughs> oh wait, so 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 you watched so you watched the uh, panels getting live streamed? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually did watch some panels. They did. I so, saw. I mean, I was on and off, so I got to see some and um, some of the panels when they cut to awesome video, they just block you on the feed. <laughs> Oh geez! So like, we're gonna show you some new shit. Are you ready? I was like, yes, lay it on me. And then they did go to like a static image. Ah, lame. But um, well, not all of them did, and I'll get into that too. But I actually do have uh, Comic Con stuff to contribute because I actually watched some wow. of the live streams that I I figured you probably didn't. That's not that's great. So Good. as uh, as you know, I didn't want to let this podcast down. Uh, you know, I didn't want the fact that I had a stupid baby recently, you know, make me drop my duties. So, gosh uh, darn children! Yeah, so I watch our geek plans. So I watch a bunch of the live stream, so I I can contribute. That's cool. Well, awesome, man. Well, man, oh, let, let me tell you, the the first thing you would have noticed had you been on the show floor is that like Thursday exploded. Mm. Th- Thursday is no longer the safe day. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it used to be that like they only let people in like professionals press people with the four-day pass in for thursday and it's only like a few hours right you know so not everybody's there there's barely anyone there if you want to play any video game you can just walk up and play it Mm -hmm. this this time they expanded thursday to uh at least i want to say like eight hours it was like three to ten something like that and it was packed it was more packed than i'd ever seen the place wow yeah it's just insanely packed and they sold thursday only badges so uh-huh. it was this huge incentive for people to show up, and so like they did, and mm. it was just like ginormous uh, amounts of people. And I feel like there was more people Thursday than there was on Friday, mm. which is just is just crazy. So so there was that happening, um, and uh, they transformed the. You remember like the family room from last time? Yeah, yeah, where they had like like the the like Bakugan tournaments happening and there's like a lot of open space and they had like a Quidditch match and stuff. Yep. Yeah, that that room. So they killed the family room idea and they just they put in artist alley. Oh, so okay. so imagine wall-to-wall booths with people, you know, like at like an anime or con, you know, where like people who like do fun drawings and like fan art are there hawking their wares and their comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was like I only went there on Saturday, and it was just insanely packed. Like, wall-to-wall human beings trying to, like, mush through each other like it's, like, a Tokyo subway situation. Mm. So I didn't even go in. I was, like, I was like I'm, looking, I'm looking for T-shirts, and, like, at the, at the entrance. I'm, like, I'm looking around, looking around. Nope. Not even going to go in there, because who cares? Mm. Yeah. But, I wish I could wander around. Like I said, I got to watch some of the panels, but I did not get to experience the walk around. I heard that there was, like, a... A Walking Dead log cabin in the middle of the show floor. That was all kinds of crazy stuff. That was like the big thing. Like South Park had like parts of the cartoon town recreated. Ah, uh, like uh. like Tom's Tom's rhinoplasty, 
and wow. a couple of the, the build, other buildings were on like the outside of this huge room that you could go in to play the stick of, of truth mm. and then yeah the walking dead had this like two-story cabin with like a staff lounge on top was there scary was, shit in there uh, you know I, I wound up not going damn you Chad. <laughs> damn you to hell did no, you, I went, did I you went, go in the south park thing no, actually. That damn was like, you, Chad! Just record like, this soundbite of me saying damn you and then just keep replaying it. You're just gonna, dude, you're just gonna be disappointed every time you're like, did you do this thing I wanted you to do? And I'm gonna be like, no. Uh. <laughs> no, I went, I went to, you know, what I love is like when there's no pressure about going to see everything at a con. It's like Disney World. You don't want to go and try and see everything. Right. Right. You just want to hit up the things that you want and that way everyone's happy. Yeah, it's a strip club. You don't got to get dances from all the girls. You just go to the really fucking hot ones. Exactly, exactly. So I just went to what I wanted to see. Okay. And th- so Thursday, I just went through the show floor. I went through the entire show floor minus Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, lo- I went to every single booth and talked to people and found out what was up. Yeah. And, like, and I had some favorites. Man, I love the crap out of this one booth. Oh, what the hell was it? <laughs> it was, oh, Plotagon. Yeah. yeah, you posted a video on there, but I wasn't able to play it on my computer. Oh, interesting. So, now maybe you need to upgrade your flash. But Pl- Plotagon is basically like, um, it's like a the, mo- the easiest machinima creator ever. Hmm. It's like, um, it's like they give you movie making tools. That's essentially like you're writing like a screenplay in screenplay format, mm-hmm. and then what you wrote, uh, w- which is like within very strict guidelines shows up in a movie on the right side of the screen oh that's pretty cool yeah so it's like you have these like stock five characters five different settings uh, which they explained to me was like a sitcom only takes place in five different settings right Uh, and then you have like a bunch of actions and you basically like okay all right like joe says blah 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 Mm -hmm. and then like whoever joe's talking to maurice like says blah 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 back joe laughs you know, and then so on and so on until you and, build like a scene, and then they totally did it, right? <laughs> so, so uh, the guy I was talking to was very like he he looked like he just got off the plane from like Berlin because he was just dead tired on his feet, but he was just so pumped about it, and it was easy just to get into it. So they they give you every, all, like all these movie making tools for free mm-hmm. online, and then they sell you if you're into it, they'll sell you like a ten dollar pack with like more characters and like more situations and stuff right but if you just want to make like something funny and silly online for free it's totally available mm-hmm. yeah That's the cool. only thing is that you have to go to their website and use their their flash player in order to to watch anything mm. sadly like there's no there's no uh i believe there's no export to youtube button yet mm. but i had fun with it and like i said it was like five ten minutes i was done i was done there was no it wasn't like one of those machinima tools like iClone where you like have to learn the system and like it's very intricate and you can make like the most amazing machinima movie in the world mm-hmm. you know it was just like you want something done in five minutes here it is so what was the coolest panel you went to over the course of your three days oh well it, well well i thought i was gonna have a great time in the voltron robotech crossover panel okay right as soon as it was announced that voltron and robotech were coming together i was like yes that sounds cool awesome yeah because i was because uh, you know it's two uh, like the two classic uh, early '80s cartoons that like came over to America from Japan and made the anime industry. Right. You know, and like, and uh, growing up, 
<laughs> Actually, it was more like when I was a teenager, I finally got to watch those shows because we didn't get those channels growing up. Right. But it was like, it's like, it's like classic, crazy stuff. So I came into the panel, and I immediately get made fun of. Yes. The, I'm, no. glad, I'm glad someone hooked me up, even though I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> you would have loved this guy. He was great. He was wearing he had, uh, one of the main dudes who works uh, at the, the company that owns these properties. Uh-huh. He's wearing this Voltron hoodie. Nice. And he's trying to pump up the crowd, and he's like, yeah, who likes Robotech? Me! Who likes Voltron? Me! And then this is the point where like, I run in. I'm like the last person in, and like I sit down in one of the front rows, and he's like, "Okay, who likes My Little Pony?" Ah, and I raise my hand, and I'm like, "And I'm like me," and I'm the only one in the entire room. Was this also the day that you were wearing a cape? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and everybody was calling me Cape. Yeah. They're like, and like people are like handing me stuff, like, "Yo, Cape, here you go." Nice. Distinguishing so, feature. So he he tried to make fun of me for being a brony, uh-huh. for for liking uh, My Little Pony. Should not have, should not have been difficult. Cl- clearly, having never watched the show, but it was also kind of awkward because like I wasn't like one of those walking, talking, stinky stereotypes that were sitting next to me. Like all the odd looking, stinky guys were like surrounding me. Right. I mean, you, all you, like, only, ah! you only had a cape on. I mean. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Dude, at Comic Con, let me tell you, Eric, it's not like Magfest where nobody dresses up. Yeah. Everybody dresses up. I know. I at Comic Con, and some of the most insane costumes too. But we'll get to that. Right. So anyway, so I kind of like laugh off his attempts to try and make fun of me. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the panel, and I got to tell you, it was kind of disappointing. They didn't really drop that much information on us. Mm. It was like exactly kind of uh, what we all expected. They had put this teaser trailer online mm-hmm. uh, with just like the cover, and that's basically all you needed to know. They were very like cards close to the chest about all the information. They didn't uh, play any like movies or anything for you. I mean, they they did. They played like a revamped version of the trailer mm-hmm. that was already online. But uh, so, but the whole thing is, is like, all right, they only have so many secrets to give away in the comic because it's only going to be a six-issue series. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they say, like, if it does really well, they'll do more. But uh, So it's coming out in December. And the premise is great. Like, the way that they kind of build it was the best part of the comic. They're like, you know, these, these series are so similar, just makes sense to go over. Hmm. You know, they're both about humans getting into giant robots to fight other giant creatures. Right. Because in Robotech, you have the um, the evil invading giant aliens. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Robeasts in Voltron. So they said what they what they wanted to do... Oh, and, and the ship in Robotech transforms into a giant robot and busts ass and saves the day. Yes. So they said what they're going to do is, was mess with the space-time continuum in a way that merges the universes together. Okay. And so the one thing that he that he showed us that was not online anywhere was he showed us uh in the macross robotech universe an image of people discovering one of the lions from voltron on macross island yeah so instead of finding like the uh the the ancient space battleship mm-hmm. that that they retrofit and then use for the rest of the series they find one of the lions from voltron and he's like this is this will tell you exactly where we're going mm-hmm so okay. what are the implications of finding the Voltron line instead of uh, the Zentradi battleship? Gotcha. Yeah. He, he said the theme is going to be mecha, mullets, and mice. Mm. Well, I think I'm going to one-up you now then mm. with my Comic-Con uh, comic book news. Okay. And that is the uh, X-Men are coming out with a new... Uh, not the, the X-Men, but they've got like 17 comics. 
Yeah, way too, way too many. Way too many. But they're coming out with a new one, and I'm a little excited for this. It's called The Amazing X-Men. Mm-hmm. And they're jumping right in, and they're going to bring back Nightcrawler. Okay. Well, it's about... I mean, it's only been, like, what, two years? Three, three years. years. Three years. Nightcrawler, my favorite X-Man of all time, and my favorite comic book character of all time, who was killed, which is stupid. You don't kill Nightcrawler. They're going to bring him back. Well, they killed him. They killed him, but then... But then they well, kind of dropped the idea of Hope being like anything cool to the universe yeah, after she so revealed he, her powers. So, so it's he like, wasted well, himself. <laughs> yeah, he's everybody was like, "Oh my God, the mutant messiah!" And that was like a huge buildup for a year. And then her, her powers were that she could use anybody's powers at the same time. Well, isn't isn't that who they all fought over in Avengers versus X Men though? I'm not sure. I think the Phoenix Force came to her. Oh yeah. So I think she actually was oh, a pretty right. big deal. Okay. <laughs> so shut your mouth. Why? <laughs> I'm kidding. So yeah, they're bringing back Nightcrawler, but there's some also good news. So they they, uh, they show what the, the team lineup is that of this uh, X Men is going to be. Okay. Obviously, Nightcrawler is going to be in it. Wolverine again. Bleh. Uh, Storm. <laughs> I was like, eh, whatever. Okay. But then the last uh, Beast. Okay. But then the last three very intriguing. North Star. Okay. He's cool. And then Iceman and Firestar. Wow, it's, it's, the, it's the amazing friends. <laughs> Just substitute Nightcrawler with Spider-Man, and you have Spider-Man and his amazing friends. This is the first time Firestar is ever going to be majorly featured in an X-Men comic book. And she just happens to be with her former television co-host, Iceman. I'm so pumped. Cool. I love Firestar and Iceman in the cartoon Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. I love that she's fine. And, and back in that uh, the cartoon, she always said she was part of the X-Men. Oh, weird. Yeah, like, cause, do you remember that? There was a couple episodes where they, that involved the X-Men. No, actually, I don't. No, you, uh, that was that was definitely your show, man. All right, YouTube that shit. YouTube all that right. shit. That was my first introduction to the X-Men was the X-Men crossover episodes with Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And that's where Iceman and Firestar both revealed to Spider-Man that they were mutants. That's how mm. they had their power, and they actually went to Xavier's school. Oh, interesting. And so uh, there's two different episodes. One, they fight Juggernaut, and then two, um, this this guy is basically like a ripoff of Metallo from Superman, um, <laughs> is, is taking out the X-Men one at a time. And oh. that was my first introduction to the X-Men. Wolverine has an Australian accent in this. <laughs> <laughs> As he should. I mean, he's really Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Um, who is, who is not Australian, by the way, but, you know, just saying. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I always, that was the whole thing, was Firestar and, and Iceman were both from the X-Men. And, of course, the people who wrote the X-Men were like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, because Firestar was just created for the TV show. Right. So, and they're like, are you so fucking serious? <laughs> so, but now they finally, they finally, she showed up every once in a while for things, but now she's she's finally got, you know, a, a charter member. So I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. Nightcrawler. Firestar and Iceman together, I think it's I think it's sweet, amazing X Men because okay. they're just running out of names to put in front of the word X Men. Well, I think I you know I, I I don't know if they asked this, but like because Iceman and Firestar are on this thing, like of course it's got to be amazing, you know. That's true. It's true. You you know that's a great point. Like it's almost like a nod to the cartoon. <laughs> like I hope so. Like why don't they just do the cartoon again? Oh, that'd be the best, man. Yeah. Um, with great cameos, um, so uh, all right, so so I so all right, all right, so that's that's awesome news, and I'm still excited for all new X Men because mm-hmm. um, the, 
now they're they're gonna go into this new arc called the Trials of Jean Grey, where you know where, back when the original Jean Grey was Phoenix and she went and massacred a couple planets. Right. Oh, well, they've they've never gotten over that, and <laughs> now that the Jean Grey <laughs> from the past is now here, they want to put her on trial for crimes that she hasn't yet committed. Right. So it sounds like kind of a cool arc. Yeah, you know, I read I read like the first three issues of the um of the arc where they brought back the original x-men and it was pretty cool see i have not i would love it now that it's been going for a year i would love like a graphic novel of the first 12 issues whatever you know combined you know how they do that kind of shit Mm -hmm. i would love to have that to to read that because like that was so close to getting me back into comics that storyline so i'm almost ready to do it it's awesome it's Uh. it's like they 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 come to the future and well i know i know somewhat about it Yes. Well, it's it's like like they started off with like uh, Cyclops and Magneto and Emma Frost are going around the world finding mutants mm-hmm. and being like, "Hey, you want to be persecuted all your life, or you want to be part of the change that's coming?" Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Yo, Scott is out of control, and he must be stopped." Yeah, and sounds Beast, like he's the new Brotherhood. Yeah, exactly. And so that's exciting. And then Beast, uh, Beast is revealed very early on to be dying. He's like his his mutation is like like going into the next phase. Good. So he's like, before I die, I'm gonna I don't give a crap about space time continuum. I'm just I'm gonna save the planet right now. And so he does the unthinkable, and goes back in time and drags drags everybody uh, forward, like the original X Men. Yeah, that's cool. And now they want to stay here until they right, right all the wrongs. So of course, and you have like old Iceman and like new weird looking Iceman. Yeah, they've kind of <laughs> fucked him recently. <laughs> I swear, there's like eight Ice Men all like happening at the same time. Yeah. So and now they've got like new costumes and stuff, and I don't know. I'm ex- I'm excited for that. So like, if some billionaire was like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you here, take these first twelve issues of all new X Men," <laughs> I would I would definitely read it. <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to buying it per se. Well, all right. So um, I'll let me tell you about some games that I played. Okay. So one of the things that I love to do on Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday on. New York Comic Con is like go play video games because usually there's no lines for anything. Nice. You can just go in and play whatever you want. But oh my god, I had the I had to wait every time. Like mm. I would come up and be like, "Yo, nobody's playing that 3DS over there. I'm gonna go snatch it up and it'd be like the crummiest game of all time." Mm. And I'd be like, "Oh, the new Pac-Man game. Who cares?" <laughs> but let me tell you, I played. Uh, did you know there's a regular show video game? Oh, uh, I knew there was a regular show video game that you could like play on Cartoon Network's website. You know, like a, 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 a oh, like a Flash game. Yeah. But oh, no, there... this is this this is a legitimate. Like uh, I f- I found out that way. I think it's Way Forward who does like all the Shantae games and like um, Ducktales, uh, the HD remix. And they 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 do a lot of, like a lot of franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it, well, and I so, played, it and it was it was actually really fun. So is it play? Is it for like a system? Yeah, it's it's for the 3DS, at least the 3DS, and it's basically like an 8-bit uh, 2D platformer, you know, like the ones of old, mm-hmm. where you can switch out between uh, uh, Mordecai and what, Jake? Rigby, you motherfucker! Rigby. <laughs> it was in my head. It was like, oh yeah, it's God. one of the one of the two. Sorry. Uh well, it's it's funny because I mean they have like they they actually play a lot of 8-bit games in the cartoon series. Oh, I'm I'm sure that that it's just like all referencing the cartoon yeah. series. Like like they sit there all the time and they play video games and, and then it'll cut to the screen and it'll show you just hilarious eight bit games. Yeah. So I mean that's just the the creator's passion, I think. So. So so first level that I was playing, it's like classic 
2D platformer. You can switch out the characters at any time. Uh, Mordecai, I think he has like a double jump, and Rigby, he's running on all fours. I don't know what his special power was. I didn't last long because it's it's like one of those platformers where it's actually like it's not like it's not like Silver Surfer hard where they kill you with one hit. I think you get like three hits, mm-hmm. but you're running around stomping on enemies uh, and collecting dollars like dollar bills. Whoa! <laughs> Instead of like coins, and uh, yeah, it was it was good. And I I swear, you know, there was a lot that I missed because I've only seen like, I don't know, man, maybe like twenty episodes of the show. Blasphemy! I know, and you and there's so many. There's like a thousand. Though. Yeah, like season five is playing right now. Yeah, so that was that. So it was good, but it was tough. Just like um, I played the new Shantae game, Shantae Pirates Curse, mm-hmm. same deal, where it's two D platformer actually hard which is you know it's a total trend nowadays uh wasn't able to activate any of her dance powers but like they gave you like like a two level demo where they like give you like a dungeon where you're picking up throughout the game um risky boots who's her, her rival uh you're picking up the the risky boots is like uh, pirate gear so like you get a you get a new piece of pirate gear you get like a power up mm. like a double jump or uh in this case i picked up like a, a pistol Mm-hmm. You know, so I could like shoot across the screen instead of just whipping with my hair. So that was fun. Every everybody was doing like the lines for Pokemon X and Y were insane. I guess uh. it's dropping later this month. And uh, but it was just basic old Pokemon. If you played Pokemon before, it's the same exact damn game. There's a couple more bells and whistles thrown in, mm-hmm. you know. And it's you know it's the first 3D Pokemon, quote unquote. Uh, but whatever, it's still Pokemon. It's the same exact thing, you know. It's like, all right, new new monsters, new attacks, new mini games. But it's like you're still just running around in high grass, collecting stuff, and then grinding over and over and over again. Mm. Uh, I think the standout for me was, and these are all 3DS games, by the way. Uh, the new Zelda, Zelda: A Link Between Worlds. Ah, and it's basically like, it's like the sequel to the one of the best handheld games of all time which is Zelda uh, Link's Awakening oh was it Link to the Bat no, no, no Link, Link's Awakening <laughs> Link's Awakening when he finally realizes he's gay <laughs> no no <laughs> that, that's another that's, that so no Link's Awakening was this old was this old spinach screen original Game Boy game okay where uh, Link gets shipwrecked on an island and he hits his head and he wakes up and everything's weird but it's like your standard Zelda game, eight dungeons with a boss. But the whole thing is, is like he's on this island with this giant egg, uh, where the windfish is sleeping inside, and you don't know if it's like a dream the entire thing or if he's actually on an island. Not really sure. But it's classic, awesome platformer. Hmm. So this is a sequel to that, where they've they've designed Link to look exactly like he did in the original Legend of Zelda Nintendo game uh, game manual. Oh. Oh, game manual. They're gonna say like, so it looks like a top-down no, bird's no, eye view, he, or no? He looks, he looks like, 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 um, just almost like, like the picture. Yeah, he looks okay. like the guy, like the excuse me, princess from the uh, cartoons. Oh, okay. So like, he looks like an '80s elf. It's kind of strange to see Link like not blonde, looking like Wind Waker, or you know, from like the uh, the super buff like. Um, you know, 3D games like Ocarina of Time or um, Skyward Sword and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's cool. It's like classic platforming and like the new the new feature because there's always like one feature 
like in every Zelda game, it's like, all right, this is the gimmick. Because in like in Minish Cap, you could uh, shrink down to like a tiny size, and um, and the one with the trains, uh, Princess Zelda could possess different I- items and objects mm-hmm. and stuff. And this in this one, you can turn into a painting and and kind of like crawl along the wall. Oh. So you turn you turn two D, so you could like go up against a wall and then uh, traverse like um, places that you couldn't get to before. That's cool. Yeah, that's basically that's basically it. Everything else was like was like all right. This is the the Zelda handheld game that we've seen many 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 times before, and it's the same exact game, but we love playing it. Mm-hmm. So that's that. All right. Before we go any farther, we, you uh, we just want to do a quick announcement that you will. We'll be having a contest at the end of the episode to get free swag from New York Comic Con from you, correct? That's right. Oh man, thanks for reminding me. Okay. Yes, all the all the awesome swag, none of the crap. <laughs> uh, so we we do this every year where I just collect free kick-ass swag, and there's a lot of it this year, and then give it away to you, the maniacs, if you jump through a couple hoops. Yeah. So stick around to the end of the episode. Now. And we'll give you the details. Now, I did ask you earlier what your favorite panel was, and you blew me off. So I'm going to tell you what my favorite panel was. Okay. Well, maybe it's the same as mine. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. The favorite panel that I watched online was Justice League War. Oh. Justice League War is the new um, Justice League animated movie coming out next year, and it's based on the New 52 reboot of Justice League, uh, specifically mm. uh, episodes one, issues one through six. Okay. So I got to watch the panel, and um, they had a couple of the the directors and stuff, uh, and uh, Andrea Romano. Oh yeah, was there? Um, well, we we saw her like the other year with Bruce Tim and Kevin Conroy. Well, see, I I was I missed her last year. Okay. Last year I had to get back on the train. Right. Right as she was, uh, those guys were on there. So, mm. uh, so this was pretty cool. I'm gonna tell you a couple of things I saw on there. Um, well, first of all, they showed some of the footage, obviously. Cool. And this is one of the cool panels that didn't block out the footage, so I was able to watch it. Nice. So it looks great. Like I, I'm a little familiar with some of the stuff that happens in the comic books, and they showed some of those scenes, and uh, it looked good. The animation was was you know that's the worst part if the animation sucks. The animation looked good. It was a little dark, a little rough. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was pumped when I saw some of this. Like they showed when Green Lantern Green Lantern first uh, discovers Batman. Oh, interesting. He's like, he's like whoa. You, you're real? <laughs> Whoa, they, you do exist? Um, so the animation looked kind of cool. They showed Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman looks hot, looks awesome. And they showed this clip where she was um, eating ice cream for the first time ever. What? And she, and she was like, oh, my God, this shit's amazing. <laughs> you know? My womanly instincts are kicking in telling me I need more of this. Um, they showed a scene where they were fighting because the first uh, six issues deal with Dark Side coming. Okay. So you know this is going to be a good cartoon because it involves Darkseid. <laughs> like, Darkseid's warming up, guys. He's got the lube. He's coming. Yeah, so so it's awesome. They showed um, another He's scene g- where they're fighting some of uh, Darkseid's minions. He's going to um, F the planet. So the animation looked awesome. I was pumped about that. Um, there's not going to be any Aquaman in it. Okay. Uh, Aquaman is on the charter team, but they subbed him out because he's going to get his own cartoon movie coming up. Oh. So, and they replaced him with Shazam. Right. So, Wait, hooded Shazam? Probably. Yeah, he's been wearing a hood lately. It's kind of strange. It's stupid, too. And it's, he's got, like, side cape. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, that's the whole thing. Is like, he has the best secret identity ever. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need a hood. 
I don't know, it's kind of silly. But so he's going to take Aquaman's place. Um, it's going to deal with the origin of Cyborg. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, there's a new Batman voice. Okay. Is I listened good? to it. Well, I am not sh- I'm sure the fans are initially saying no, he's not good. Ah. What struck me is this was this is the most normal Batman voice I've ever heard. Oh, so wait, maybe they're getting us prepared for Ben Affleck. Maybe. It was definitely the most normal one. And they sounded like they sound this guy to they signed this guy to a bit of a contract. So this is not going to be his only animated appearance. Mm. Uh, he was like the main character in that TV show with dinosaurs a couple years ago, Terra Nova. Okay. So he was actually there, and he was talking about how he was afraid that Kevin Conroy was going to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> um, he should. Yeah. I mean, he's no Kevin Conroy. Um, yeah. Even even the Batman voice they had during Young Justice, I thought was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I like that one. And he, he was the same one from Under the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. This guy's very normal, very stripped down. He's the opposite of any kind of deep, dark voice. He, you know, he still talks authoritatively, if that's a word. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It might take a little bit of getting used to. I, I was I was undecided from the brief clip that I saw. I was just noticed <laughs> that he didn't really have too much scariness hmm. in his voice at all. Well, maybe you know. Let's let's keep an eye on the Batman comics too, because like maybe like they're just preparing us. Maybe like the Batman comics are going to get like a little bit more like lighthearted and weird and wacky. And then when the uh, Ben Affleck Batman comes out, we'll be like, oh, this is normal. I don't think they're gonna get weird and wacky. Mm. But, I'm um, saying like maybe maybe like they're gonna tone down Batman a little bit so it's less of a shock when uh, yeah, when could be. Bat when Batfleck comes out. They did uh, when the when the question and answer period started up. Someone uh, and God bless them. Someone came up and asked about <laughs> Young Justice. Nice. They're like we love Young Justice. When's it gonna come? Never. Oh. <laughs> the guy was like, well. He's like, I'll say this. I'm really, we're really interested in Teen Titans. <laughs> really Damn. interested in Teen Titans. Like a, so it sounds like they could be hinting at like a Teen Titans movie, uh-huh. which could be cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But they were like, Young Justice, not so much. That's so, too bad. I know. I was bummed. I wanted to hear that they were like going to have a movie that wraps it all up, but it sounds like they're not going to. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah. It was but, killed. We saw we saw it die. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, but that was cool because I they talked a lot of cool shit. I got to see some cool uh, clips and stuff. So, and I am pumped now to see Justice League War. I think it comes out in January. Okay. So, so why don't you give me a good panel experience now? Well, I'll tell I'll tell you, Eric. The more Saturday morning, I was like, all right. I was so excited for the Legend of Korra panel. Yes. I was like, I was like, I have to, like, this is like the one panel I have to get there like way early so I can get a great seat, because like we're, we're we're all about like, all right, if you pay money to go see a movie, you have to get the best seat possible. Yeah. So I was so excited. Like I didn't realize how excited I'd be. You know, like I'm a fan of the show. I've caught up to you know like uh the, the most current episode and like it airs Friday night at eight thirty Saturday ish. Uh, I'm watching it online. And by the way, I've now also caught up with the series. Yes! I watched the last three episodes this weekend. I'm so into uh, this whole Civil War arc. Oh, dude. It's so it's so good. And at the same time, it's like it's so different from the last from the last season. Oh, yeah. Big time. You know? Uh, so anyway, so you, you may have caught up, Eric. But they... Oh, hang on. Hang on, hang on. So 
so that morning I was like, all right, I have to leave an hour, like uh, at least an hour and a half before the panel starts, mm-hmm. so I can get there with at least thirty minutes to sit in line. And it was one of those mornings where, like, you know, like when you have a kid, it's like they make you late for things. Yes. So I was like, so I was like, oh god, do I just like leave now on time when I say it would, or do I watch the kids so my wife can actually shower? No, fuck the shower. <laughs> Let her be smelly. So I was like, oh god, all right, all right, take a quick shower, all right, take a quick shower, all right, well, I'll, get, I'll get out of here soon. And then she takes a quick shower, all right, and then she's like, oh, you know, uh, we're gonna go to the post office. Uh, let's walk to the subway together. And I was like, uh, okay, no. all right, all right, all right, all right, you're already on the way. All right, fine, fine. Oh, no, push fine, fine. her down. And at, that, at that point, I was already like ten minutes later than I wanted to be. Uh, so I was like, fuck. I was like, I would just run from the subway down 34th Street to the Javits Center. Fine, okay. whatever, fine. Then we get like, then we're like, I'm like hustling her to the post office. I get up on the subway track. I'm just about to sit down on the subway, and I was like, oh crap, I forgot my press pass. No. So I had to run back to my apartment, grab the badge, run back. I missed the train, so I got on the next train. I was like, God, I'm like 30 minutes later than I wanted to be. So I'm like, God, I'm gonna get there like right on time. So when I when I arrived, I was like, okay, step number one. Grab the early morning swag from the DC booth. Step number two, go to the bathroom so you don't piss yourself during the Quora panel. Uh, step step number three, get in line. And already they were letting people, when I arrived, they were letting people into the panel. Oh. And there was a line a mile long. Oh, Eric. you're fucked. A mile long. I got into the back, and some guy's like, hey, is this the Legend of Quora panel line? I'm like, it fucking better be. Yeah. So I sat four rows from the back. Oh, well, you got in. I got in. I was like, I was sweating it though, man. Because like you know, it, you uh, as you're snaking around this gigantic line, every once in a while you'll see into the room, and the room looked packed already. And I was just like, God, we're not getting in, man. We're not getting in. So they started feeding us through the sides, like, hey, there's rooms way over here in the back on the left behind the column, mm. you know, and stuff like that. And so I get in, and I immediately like, like everybody's kind of like shuffling into the background. I was like, fuck it, and I, I like ran up four rows i saw like a seat and i got in there and it turned out to be a great seat oh that's good so i could see the panelists i didn't have the column in the way because there's giant columns blocking everybody's view <laughs> and i had a pretty good shot of they have these big uh, projection screens mm-hmm. where like the camera is feeding you like uh close-up shots of the panelists oh nice good. so it's okay if you sit in the back right Th- thank goodness so yeah what a great panel it was great they had uh, one of the two show creators there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, the other guy couldn't make it. Uh, so Brian um, Konietzko was there. Uh, Joaquin Dos Santos was there. Yes. Yeah. Who, as I learned, he's the co-executive director or executive producer of the show. Right. Yeah. Like he directed every single episode of season one, but season two, he's he's now the co-executive producer. Mm-hmm. And he and he works like I thought I thought executive producers were just like the money men, but no, he works like with the storyboards uh, on the show. That's cool. Let's see, uh, Cora was there, Janet Varney, uh, PJ Byrne was there, who plays Bolin. Yes, Bolin's and, awesome. Yeah, and then uh, one of the dudes from The Walking Dead, uh, Steve Yoon, Yoon. Oh, Yuen. he he plays um, what's call Glenn. He names. plays Glenn, I think, on the show. Yeah, he was there, and he's like, hey guys. Uh, and he was mortified because uh, he plays a new character on the show that's coming up next week. Uh, but it was like, like there were like thousands of people there, huge fan community, huge show, and here he was for the first time seeing himself as this character. Oh, that's and gotta he, be a little weird. 
Yeah, and it wasn't just any character. It was a major character. Oh, like, shit. Yeah, like, I don't know how much you want spoiled, but we we basically all watched the next episode together. Oh, really? Yeah, like, they showed us, like, the whole next episode that's going to come out on Friday. Oh, that's exciting, because the last episode I saw, and this is spoilers for anyone that's not caught up, Mm-hmm. Too bad. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny too because neither of us even knew about the show like a month ago, and now we're like super fans. Yes, because it's that good. It's that good, and it's like, uh, and and like the super director who made Justice League Unlimited kick yeah. ass is on the show. Exactly. So we're out. So on Friday's episode was season two, episode six was the Sting, and it was a good episode because well, it's twenty two minutes long. The first twenty one minutes it has no Cora in it, but it was still really entertaining right and it's about mako mako trying to figure out uh like the like some kind of conspiracy where like where in republic city there's been these attacks mm-hmm. on ships and other things and he's trying to like prove that it's not the northern water tribe that it's actually somebody else causing uh these attacks yes and like i said a little bit of uh, some spoiler alerts you find out who has been doing it and it's Varric of all people dude the the hilarious tony stark of the series turns out to be like the evil uh war profiteering mastermind yeah and it's like he's been comic relief this whole time he's hiding in that bear costume and stuff like mm-hmm. he's fucking hilarious and he's like julie and yes. his assistant and stuff it's funny I mean, every once in a while like he, he says bad guy stuff like well who would it you know if you can't profit during a war then you can't run a business kind of thing and you just kind of laugh about the way he says it and then right at the end he turns around and he gives this smile and he just goes evil Oh yeah, it's so good, and and I was kind of wondering, you know, like season one, you were, the whole mystery was okay, who is Amon and who's running the Equalists, really, right. you know? And this one, it's been like, well, the 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 enemies kind of seem to be laid out on the table, but then who is this mysterious third party? Yeah. And then as soon as you kind of realize that it's Varric, you're like, yo, he's been manipulating this whole situation from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Like, and so you're just like, fucking genius, man. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. So, and that's that's where the last thing I saw, and I was like, "Holy right. shit!" Well, 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 I tell you, and and I could, I think I could tell you this because because it's all flashback. The next episode is a flashback episode. Interesting. And and so like, there's there's actually no Cora, barely like a couple seconds of Cora, mm-hmm. but there's nobody from the show that you recognize. Interesting. Like Cora, Cora is not dead. Like in the last one, last time we saw her, she got eaten by a giant spirit whale. Well, no, no. At the end of the episode, she was she was alive, but she had no memory. Right. She wakes up no memories, and and uh, they stick her into this healing tank, a la like almost like Star Wars, uh, where Luke heals up his hand. Mm-hmm. A back to tank. Yeah, they're like they're like here, here, go into some healing water and have this flashback, mm. and she basically flashes back to the first Avatar. Mm. like the first the first guy ever and it totally um it like it finally like shows me because i didn't watch the original series like okay what is the avatar and how did it all start and like what's the relationship between the avatar and the spirit world and the humans and having powers and stuff Mm -hmm. like all that all that is explained finally in this flashback episode cool and it's awesome it's it's really cool and uh, the guy Steve and um, <laughs> some, somebody tell me his last like Y E U N U N could be Yoon, I don't know Yoon U N uh, anyway I've heard it he, a couple times and I still can't remember but he did he did an awesome job as the first Avatar guy mm. 
He did great. And he, and uh, after we watched it together, because he sat down in the in the audience to watch it with us, he was like, I was horrified because here, like, here I am in front of everybody, and he can't. He's too close to the work. He couldn't separate his own voice from the character yet. Right. So all he's seeing is like how he could have done things and his imperfections and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all we're seeing is like, oh, this is cool new character and what a great job he did. So anyway, it was great. It was cool watching an episode live with people. Mm-hmm. I you bet. Know, that's, that's always fun to be, to watch something that you're into with a bunch of other people that are also like really into it. Mm-hmm. So let's see uh, other highlights. Let's see. Do 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 do. They they admitted, they admitted publicly, and they said they've done this before that the the spirits from uh, the book two are directly inspired by Spirited Away. Oh, you know, I was wondering that because that totally seemed very familiar. Yeah, Spirited Away is about this little girl who enters the spirit world, mm-hmm. and spirits are like regular people except they're spirits. Mm-hmm. It's very much just like, like don't you know anything about like the, the real world, aka the spirit world. Well, as long as they don't have the giant big head evil lady. <laughs> yeah, right, right, who could transform into an owl. Yeah. Yeah, the giant baby. Uh, let's see. They said, you know, they... So, I don't know if you know this, but um, once Nickelodeon approved the first season and it started doing well, they ordered all four seasons. Yes. So, uh, so uh, they just recorded book four. Oh, so they are... They are not only are they doing it, but they are producing it fast well no they're not producing it fast no no like no like well they're working on book four right now right uh which means that in three years it'll come out oh oh okay like one of the one of the things that joaquin said was that uh they were talking about how they've been working on this show for three years Mm -hmm. and they're like they're like what do you mean three years you know it's it's it hasn't been that long and it's like well it takes a long time to produce it and so they they showed us uh, this great little uh, like PowerPoint presentation about like exactly how they make an animated show, mm-hmm. and that was that was awesome because like you know you could take this and apply it to Justice League, you could apply it to any animated show, mm-hmm. and they're like and they're like all right, this show Korra has has like fifteen thousand drawings per episode, okay, and they basically brought like they broke it down. They're like it starts out as like like little writings like paragraphs of like how we want the episode to go. Then mm-hmm. we translate that into a screenplay. Then we translate that into a, into a series of storyboards. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, one, but, like, a series of, like, storyboard after storyboard. And he says, like, like the writing goes from, like, a table draft to a first draft to a record draft to, like, an animatic draft. And and then he, so it, then he showed us, okay, this is what, this one scene, they broke down one scene for us. And he's like, all right, this is the very rough storyboard. This is, like, some concept art that we threw in for this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh... And he's like, okay, this is the initial designs for the spirit that's going to be in the background for half a second. This is the, and then this is the notes that I gave uh, the person, and and this is what she came up with afterwards. And they did that for like two different things in the scene. And then these are the rough drawings that they came up with, and then they refined, 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 and then they sent it off to Korea, and then Korea came back with a couple different revisions, and then they added color, and then they added voices, and then music, and then sound effects. And then they played the final version, mm. and you could and breaking it breaking it down like that, you could see finally all the different elements working together in harmony, mm-hmm. instead of just you know when you passively watch the show, where it's just like you're just taking it all in. Yeah, especially the the music. It's got a kick ass soundtrack. Oh, it really does. It definitely helps with uh, set the tone for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they said they said a couple of the people who made fan art for the show got hired onto the show. Really? Yeah, like people who made uh, fan art for uh, the Avatar: The Last Airbender eleven mm-hmm. and a half years ago when they started it uh-huh. uh, are on the show in various positions now. Well, isn't that ever fans' ultimate dream? Exactly. Don't stop believing. Yeah, exactly, dude. Shit, man. I gotta start drawing stuff. I know. <laughs> Let's well, see. Oh, and, and just a couple quotes to, to end the panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, P, PJ said, PJ Vern, who plays Bolin, said, some, somebody asked him a question about um, Bolin's relationship with the um, uh, the Northern uh, Water Tribe oh, princess. which is hilarious. And that actress is so famous now. Oh, who is, who is she? She's on Parks and Rec and... Um, she did the to-do list, the movie. She always plays oh. that same dry... She kind of looks like the character. she got, like, straight <laughs> black hair bangs, and she has a very dry um, delivery. I love it. I love it. And she, like, every episode, he's, like, being chased around just miserable because she's just, like, owning him. Yes. And he, he commented on it. He said it was, quote... He said it was the most unhealthy relationship on television. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And they followed up by saying, like, she owns me. Yeah, she put a slave collar on him and said they were married now. Yes. And what else? Uh, I have one other one. So what I like about the show so much is that even when it's super serious, it still finds moments of just pure comedy. Mm-hmm. Which is such a good combination back and forth, you know, so it's not always, you know, super tense. And right. I, I love it. He said, actually, that... Uh, they bring the actors in and do like an initial dub of the show, mm-hmm. and then they bring them in again and do like ADR, like right. like you know a couple things here or there that they thought you know could have gone better, and that uh, PJ and other guys uh, ad lib like crazy in the ADR sessions, oh. and, and that's where a lot of funny stuff comes from. Interesting. Yeah, like you said in uh, in book one where they're where uh, where Bolin is riding the polar bear dog, right, or trying to. And he's and he's saying like I want to get on your back, huh? As he's as he's get, like getting bucked off. Mm-hmm. He said that was just like total total hilarity ADR like improv shenanigans. Oh, cool. And yeah, and like a lot of that stuff just like comes out of playing around. That's pretty sweet. So there it was. I was like, I made the panel. It was great. And then afterwards, I got kicked out of the autograph line. <laughs> oh well. No, oh, we all, dude. I, I went to the Dark Horse booth because uh, Joaquim Dos Santos and the co-creator of the show were going to sign autographs, sign mm-hmm. posters. And I went up to the security guard and I was like, where does the line start and when? And he's like, 145 right here at this spot. I was like, I will be there. So at 135, I came and people were already lined up. Mm-hmm. So I got in line, a pretty decent spot. And I was like, yes, here it is. I'm going to shake the man's hand and say, great job, Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and get a signed poster. And then a rep from Nickelodeon comes over and kicks us all out of the line. She comes over and she's like, hey, I'm very sorry. Nickelodeon sucks. Uh, you, like Something that they didn't, they didn't tell you was that you had to win a raffle to get into this line. Uh-huh. So they had this raffle, this secret raffle going where people getting, were getting these tickets uh, to to get their the autograph signed. Mm. So they booted us all and they, they promised us like a poster later. Oh, okay. So, it, so because we all got booted, everybody just forms this huge crowd around the entire booth, and we were just, like, shouting at them, <laughs> like, as they're signing auto- other people's autographs. We're going to eat you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just, like, you know, just joking around with them, and yeah. they were all really cool about it. 
What did um, um did it the actress who plays Cora? Did she have anything to say during the panel? Uh yeah. Well, she she said it like it changed her life. Like you know, she had done you know stuff before, but nothing as huge. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's really opened some doors, and now she's like, you know, she has like a fan base and a following, and yeah. Because I looked know, up I looked up her IMDb page, and she's not she's not twenty two. Right. You know, she's been doing this for a while, and she really hasn't had any big hits at all. No, so, so this is like her biggest her biggest role. Yeah, this is a home run right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and actually she <laughs> she she didn't stick around for her autographs cuz she had to fly back to DC to be in an improv show. Oh, cool. <laughs> if that kind of shows you like where her level of like yeah. of everything is. Like she's still doing improv. Mhm. Which well, is cool. That's cool. Um all right, we'll we'll go back to me now here. I'll do another yes. panel for you. Um, last year, I dragged you into the panel to see Kevin Smith and the Comic Book Men. Right, and I'd never seen the show before. Right, but you you still had a good time with that panel because Kevin Smith is just a very uh, vivacious character. Oh yeah, no, it made it made me want to watch the show, even though it's the reality show. Yeah. So um, they had their panel again, and I managed to catch it again. So they announced that um, their uh, season three of Comic Book Men it actually starts tonight. Because The Walking Dead is starting tonight, too, by the way. And I'm fucking pumped. Um, and Comic Book Man is on, um, like, an hour after that. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the first, ep- the, the first episode, the fattest guy on the show actually gets to go to the gym with Lou Ferrigno. And Lou Ferrigno is going to be his personal trainer. Awesome. <laughs> like, one of the first episodes. So I was pumped for that. Most of this, just like last time, the show takes a back seat. And Kevin Smith just kind of hijacks the panel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just talks yes. about everything. So he talked about Clerks Three, and Clerks Three is going to be like it's a it's not coming out right away, but uh, sure. it's going to have like a zillion people in it. He said he's like it's going to be the biggest thing of all time. <laughs> so um, he's good at hype. Yeah, he's great at hype. So um, but it was interesting because um, during Comic Book Man, they uh, one of the seasons they admitted that Walt Flanagan, who's who runs the shop for Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, they have, are they're actually making Batman comics. For DC, really? yeah. But because, and this is how Kevin Smith did, like, when he was on Daredevil, too. He takes a sweet-ass time, and sometimes they'll go, like, you know, two episodes, two issues a year. <laughs> and then sometimes they'll take Damn. a year off. It's just the way Kevin Smith works. So mm-hmm. him and Walt, and Walt draws them, Kevin Smith writes them. They've been working on these little Batman miniseries, and um, then the New 52 happened. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Smith explained, well, wait, like, what do we do? Like, we're still working on this. And they basically said... Well, that's okay. Uh, you guys keep doing your thing and turn the lights off on the old continuity on your way out because everyone else is done. Huh. So he realized they were the only ones still working in the old continuity. And then he was like, well, fuck it. I can do whatever I want then. <laughs> He's like, there's no rep- there's no repercussions. Right. New 52 has happened. We're still in the old, old timeline. I can do anything I want. So their third miniseries is called Batman Bellicosity. I have no idea what Bellicosity stands for. So it's only Batcopter. And the one of the bad guys is is literally named Anamanapia. So, but he's connected to the Joker somehow. But anyways, they said um, tune into this one because they said it's going to be just fucking vicious and violent, and they're going to do all sorts of stuff. He said he said DC's one thing. He's like the only thing is Batman can't fuck Robin. Oh my god! <laughs> they're like anything else. You can't fuck Robin. Um, Wow. So I, I looked it up on Amazon. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to check this out when it comes out. Because, you know, what would you do if New 52 happened and you were the only one left in the old timeline? You could do whatever you wanted to end it because who cares? 
It's kind of like right. what they did with Superman at the end of the '80s when they're about or mid '80s when they're about to reboot. So they had that issue where you know, like a lot of people died and stuff. Right. So I don't know. That kind of uh, kind of interested me. Right. That that, that kind of opens up like new and interesting avenues. I feel like we've seen that a lot with comic books, like like really 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 um, catering to the fans, being like, hey, let's do a what if episode, but let's not call it what if. Let's just like you know reboot everything once it's over yeah so it sounds like uh that might be pretty cool and the and the uh and walt flanagan does a good job drawing batman like it looked pretty cool well cool well kevin smith needs to redeem himself from the uh pissing himself incident oh where where he 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 like he casually mentioned in the batman comic that he wrote that batman pissed himself this one Mm. time and like the fans just like have not let him like live it down since they're mm. like how dare you batman can't be himself yeah that is a little weird yeah so i might actually have to check this out we'll see or maybe someone else can check it out and tell us if it's any good batman bellicosity cool. right um so that was pretty much it from that but I mean, most of it was just kevin smith joking around and and like no one no one uh does a better job during the q a with the fans oh sure so, i mean he just makes jokes about anything and stuff so it was it was good yeah. it's fun to watch that's nice. Well, well, uh, I went and saw two movies last night. The uh, the Los Angeles Times sponsored uh, a couple of screenings, like right back to back, in uh, in the middle of Times Square, which is pretty cool. It was uh, a Kira, the twenty fifth anniversary screening, and saw the movie called Wolf Children, which has won a ton of awards, including like best animated feature and the Japanese Academy Awards mm-hmm. equivalent and stuff like that. And they were actually like both were really good. Mm. I uh, the Wolf Children was like was not the movie I was expecting. Mm. Like I was like I was expecting like everybody kept on throwing around Miyazaki's name. They're like, oh, this new director, he's the next Miyazaki. It's very Miyazaki esque. Mm. So I was like, okay, all right, I'm waiting for like his fairy tale to happen. Instead, what I got was this movie called Wolf Children, which is like the the premise is that this woman falls in love with this guy who is also a wolf mm. and he could transform back and forth from like a wolf to a man like instantly and he's like the last remaining wolf in japan because the wolf species has gone extinct and so and so uh they do it mm-hmm. and and what's crazy is that like the scene the scene where he reveals himself to be like a wolf you're like oh that's so sweet very nice she loves him even though he's a wolf and then the next scene they're doing it and he's still a wolf and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. hang on there <laughs> joggy style i assume can't you wait 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 i was i was like couldn't you just turn back into a human like all right i understand you're setting up that that the children are going to be half wolf and half human but i was like wait a second now like <laughs> yeah that's all he's still i was like whoa hang on uh, that lady so, is a freak i know i know and <laughs> So she has a couple kids, and the whole rest of the movie was like, "God, Eric, like this is a movie about parenting for parents." Are they? Did they come out kids or puppies? They no. Well, that was the thing is like she's so afraid that they'll come out like puppies mm-hmm. that she that she has like two home births, and she like try and she's like it's very like based on reality. Like, okay, what hap- What happens if you made it with a werewolf, and your kids are going to be werewolves too? Like, what would you do? And so she has to, like, figure it out. Uh, like, you know, like, and it's like she, 
she like basically winds up very early on like moving out to like the middle of nowhere in the mountains where no one will be able to find them mm-hmm. and cuts him, cuts herself off from society and tries to live off the lands that we never like farmed before she's like a city person and it's tough but there's so many adorable moments with her kids Ugh. it's so Ugh. hilarious they're transforming from like wolf to human like all the time whenever they want this doesn't sound that good it sounds shitty who's the bad guy no, 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 there's no bad guy. Fuck this. On to the next thing. Hey, see, that's you what's can't saying. have a movie without an antagonist. What the antagonist is, is what, public scorn? Yeah. Nah, fuck it. You no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it's, all right, so it's not a movie you're going to watch. Yeah, definitely obviously. not. But it was great. It was no. a great movie. Yeah. Not what I expected. It's not a fairy tale. It's basically like, it's, it's this, it's this coming of age tale, except like, that like the teenagers like don't turn out to be gay like it's, in every coming of age story ever. It's coming of age with tales. Exactly. And it was like it was just not what I expected, but it was a great movie and I'd highly recommend it to anybody who wants a real tearjerker. Nope. That would be no one that listens to this podcast. <laughs> no one is sitting here hoping for a tearjerker. Are I know. You serious. I know. It's not dancer in the dark tear jerking. It's more like Ugh, oh that's so sad either. No, oh, no. So anyway, so get so Akira, twenty fifth anniversary I go as soon as they they started up the screening. I was like, "Please, old dub! Please, old dub! Please, old dub!" Because the the initial dub, the English dub mm-hmm. with like Cam Clark that right. they put out like all these years ago. I'm so used to it. Uh-huh. People say, you know, like ah, you know, it wasn't really faithful. You know, it wasn't that great of a translation. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I don't care. You know, that's right. the one that I saw when I was like 13. It changed my life. So it comes on and it's the new dub. Mm-hmm. The dub that they made in, I think it was like 2010, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was fine with it. I was like, okay, maybe this is like a new way for me to get into the story. But they like butchered the names, dude. Come like, on, really? How, how, how could they do that? Oh, this they is were, such a hot property. They were too faithful. They were too faithful. All right, do you know David Sedaris? Yes. He's this comedian. Uh, he has this great essay about like... Uh, like like this teacher of his that pronounces tries to pronounce uh, countries' names like how they would pronounce it in the country. Oh, so, that is annoying. <laughs> yeah, so he so he goes so he's like oh so so last last night we we learned about Nicaragua. Oh yeah, or <laughs> I remember like after nine eleven there was this reporter that talked normal except she would say and the Taliban, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then talk normal the rest of the time. It was stupid. Right. Okay. So, okay, I got gotcha. you. So, so the whole time, you know, in the original, they're like Kaneda, Akira, and you're like, all right, like that's what I'm used to. Instead, this time they were like Kaneda. They're like, look out, Kaneda. <laughs> okay, like, like look out, Canada. Yeah. What? So, it, God, every time they said, I was like, please don't say his name again. Just don't say Kaneda. Right. Please, because it's a little bit like our dad, like trying to imitate those old samurai movies. Yeah, okay, I, I can understand what you're talking about. Then, okay, it was annoying. I was like, mm. who's named who's named Kaneda? Nobody, you know. <laughs> but like in the context of the original Japanese language, sure. If you're, mm. you know, like that makes sense. If you're saying a bunch of Japanese and Kaneda is right. just in there, but you can't have an English dub and say Kaneda. Yeah. Or or the other bad one was Akira. <laughs> so it wasn't Akira's Akira. So the big the big general comes in and he's like, "All right, tell me about the Akira situation." I'm like, okay. "God damn!" Every time, so it was kind of annoying. You know, uh, I was recognizing um, a couple of the voice actors that sounded exactly the same the original dub, mm. but just it, that took me out every time. Other than that, it was very satisfying dub. Although I felt like Kanita could have been a little bit more of a doofus. 
like mm. he's in the original. Well, speaking of dubs, I saw an interview on one of the feeds with a guy from Funimation. Oh, yeah? And Funimation now has Cowboy Bebop. It's about damn time. So expect that in 2014, they said. Cowboy Bebop, Funimation. Right. I think they if they haven't released it on Blu-ray yet, they're going to. Yeah, that's what they said. They said Blu-ray 2014. Right. So, so. Akira, it's still held up. Now that I'm 30-something watching it, mm-hmm. uh, it's still held up. I see more. Like, now that I've seen the movie, like, I don't know, eight times. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen it in a while. I was I was like, oh, this is a cautionary tale about humans grasping for too much power and what happens. Instead, when I was a kid, I was like, this is about like sci-fi biker gangs. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I see, I kind of see the bigger picture now. But mm-hmm. it's 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 still great, and the Blu-ray looks great. Mm. Well, I'll give you a quick uh, summation of the last couple things that I've watched this weekend. Yeah. Um, a couple really really boring panels. Uh, Superman 75th anniversary panel, right? Which, who cares? No surprise there. That was going to be stupid. <laughs> but I can only I can only watch two channels what they give you, so I had to watch that. Okay. And it was just all Z's, and they were just basically uh, pimping the Man of Steel DVD, and they showed this um, this little short about all the actors that were on there talking about the importance of Superman. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Superman is not important. He sucks. Yeah, who cares? Um, and then the, there, I saw two Walking Dead panels. I saw the panel for the comic and the panel for the TV show. Cool. And the panel for the comic, I don't, I don't read the comic, but the panel for the comic was pretty boring. Mm. Um, Kirkman is almost like Robert Kirkman, the creator. He's almost like Kevin Smith. Like he does play pretty well uh, to the crowd and to to listen to. He's he's kind of entertaining. Well, mm-hmm. the comic, the only thing I took away from the comic was he said that when he originally wrote it. He wrote himself kind of as Carl and his dad as Rick. Oh, wow. So I thought that was interesting that that's how initially. And then he said he, once he got to, like, issue 40 and he himself had kids, then he kind of pictured his own kids as Carl and himself as Rick. Doesn't Carl get his face blown off at one point? Oh, yeah. Carl totally dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, he might be alive. I saw the panel, the uh, like, the com- you know, the issue... I saw the picture where there's like a shot. Yeah, there's a bullet going right through his face. So uh-huh. he either has an eye patch and a, a wind tunnel in his brain, or he's dead. <laughs> I thought I thought he was alive, but like he got bad hurt, but he's alive. He might be alive because I don't I don't read the comic. I mean, I know Rick got his hand chopped off. Oh dang! And he's banging what Andrea. Did he get, what did he get bit by a zombie? No, I'm pretty sure the governor did it. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> so I mean, lots of shit happens in the comic books, but um. So, eh, wasn't too into it. But the Walking Dead TV panel was entertaining. The only problem was, unlike Justice League War, when they cut to footage that no one's seen before, they actually mm. uh, blocked the live stream from watching it. Ah, lame. So, they're like, are you ready? I was like, yeah, I'm fucking ready! And then they just went <laughs> to, like, this picture, oh, Walking Dead airs tomorrow. And uh, then then they cut back to, like, wasn't that amazing? Oh, <laughs> there was a helicopter! It was amazing! <laughs> and there's zombies on the roof! And I was like, oh... Oh, I mean, I don't blame them. You know, that's you know, it's what you yeah, gotta sure. do. But it's still, I was, I was kind of hoping since I saw other panels that showed stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Q and A was cool, except the very first question: Why are fans hostile? I don't understand. Like, it really, some people, maybe because they're just borderline obsessive or something, mm-hmm. or they yes. think they're being funny and they're not. The first one was like really hostile, and he was like calling to like i think it was like the season four's director and he was like are you a are you a stupid motherfucker or are you a smart motherfucker motherfucker and Damn. i was like what the fuck is this guy you know like how did well, he think this was a good thing to, and, you know obviously he fought to get in the front to ask the very first question 
Sure. And it was like, that's how you're starting with this? It was like... That's the, you know, there's always one crazy, at least one crazy. That's why they didn't take any, I feel like, that's why they didn't take any questions in the Quora panel. Mm. Like, I was so ready to jump up there with my question. They are like, well, uh, we asked you to pre-submit your questions. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, because there's, and, and, and Kirkman even joked, he's like, no hugs. <laughs> like, there will be no hugs. <clears throat> and some other guy was like, yo, can I come up? And he's like, nope. Nope. Um, but they eventually <laughs> did. Then there, like, there was an eight-year-old girl that was there, and she started crying during their question. They brought her up, and she sat on Daryl's lap the rest of the time and gave them friendship bracelets. <laughs> um, and I was like, and I was, and 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 some people in the crowd were like, "Oh, cute!" And I was like, "Who fucking lets an eight-year-old watch the zombie show, man? Like, they're eating people in this show. No eight-year-old should be watching this." Well, I mean, eight-year-old probably doesn't know like that they should be scared, like like um, like my wife. Talks all the time about how she watched Poltergeist when she was like five and thought it was like a comedy. Yeah, and look how she turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Psst, just kidding. Um, no, but you know it fucks you up sometimes. You don't even know it. Well, somebody somebody brought their their kid to like a screaming baby to Akira last night, and I was like, "Up yours. You thought it would be awesome. Like, just get a babysitter. This is not a movie for kids, especially not like a tiny little baby." In this yeah. giant theater. It, it, it's like, dude, I did I go to Comic-Con this year? No, because I have a screaming baby at home. Okay? Right. So this is the year that you missed the con, and then you go next year. Why? You know, the fact that they had to still bring their baby is just, come on, fix your priorities. <laughs> and there's like, th- like tens of thousands of people, man. You could get any kind of airborne disease. Yes, yeah. They, you're not supposed to bring your kid around any coffers. <laughs> like, stay away from Comic-Cons and Walmart. Until they build up an immune system. <laughs> exactly. Like, anybody who kind of smells, just stay away. And there's a lot of people that smell. There there was this booth that they were selling, like, video game-themed, like, scents mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they're like, here, here's the Sonic scent. Here's the Mega Man scent. We're fighting the good fight. And we're like, yes, you are, my friend. Good job. Now, let's talk about cosplay. Okay. So, obviously, you know, I said I wanted... I want to hear about awesome costumes, no matter what they were, and I want to hear about some hot ones. <clears throat> so first, so the the first day, outside of the eight bit bakery uh, table, mm-hmm. there was like I was like, all right, this this fulfills both things because it was the hottest and the coolest cosplay in the same one. I did and I posted I, this on her page. I did see that picture. Is that was she from Sonic? What what is she from? Sonic. Um, God, the the Dreamcast Sonic. Okay, that's what I thought, but I mean yeah, that, Ro- that was pretty cool. Yeah, Rouge Rouge the Bat. Mm-hmm. She's awesome, okay. and she was hot, and the cosplay was great, and she had these foldable, extendable wings, and I was like, that is so cool. And she totally guilted me into buying a cookie. Well, yeah, <laughs> you got to. Yeah, she was like, hey, cookies are a dollar. I know it was like after I like. I was like, hey, can I take a picture? Sure. Hey, by the way, cookies are a dollar, and you should totally get one. Yeah, okay. you know, a dollar. Take your picture for a dollar. That works. Exactly. I was like, all right, that is the perfect way to get me to buy one of your cookies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I saw in. Uh, all right. I saw an amazing Inspector Gadget. Awesome. Did he have any gadgets? Yeah, he had the gadget copter out. Awesome. It was so cool. It was like it was exactly from the comic, and it was a non-traditional character. It was uh, it was a black kid like breaking down, uh, um, let's say stereotypes. Okay. You know, it was like it was like black black male uh, mustache Inspector Gadget, and I was like, yes. Oh, speaking of that, you know who Terry Crews is, right? 
Yes. All right. Terry Crews says he wants to be either the Thing in Fantastic Four or Colossus in X Men, and Dude. he would be fantastic as the Thing. He could do anything, man. All those Old Spice commercials, he's the best. I would love to see him as the Thing. That'd be so good. And uh, Michael B. Jordan wants to be um, the Flash, or the the Flash. Sorry. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Johnny Storm. The Human oh, Torch. Yeah. Maybe they Why should not? just have an all black Fantastic Four. Why not? Just just switch it up. You know yeah, what I mean? There's like too many white heroes, anyways. Way too many, and it's because they all started in yeah. like the you know like the forties and fifties. Yeah. But yeah, Terry Crews as the thing would be hilarious. I would love him as the thing. He's like the perfect amount of attitude. Oh yeah. So, well, anyway, sorry. Go go back to cosplay. Tell me <laughs> some more cool costumes you saw because that's the only picture I've seen of cosplay that you put on there. Come on. So there were. So I'll tell I'll tell you, Eric. The age of the bronies is over. Yeah. Like before, you just see like brony this, brony that, people walking around like unicorn horns, wings. That age is done. Thank God. It's gone. Instead, it's been replaced with Adventure Time and Homestuck. Yes, Adventure Time, so good. Adventure Time, like crazy, and I've I've yet to watch more than half an episode of uh, of Homestuck. I think <laughs> if that was if it was animated. Um, I've never people heard, are like I've never homestuck this, homestuck that, and they're like, no, 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 you have to like give it a few episodes. It gets good, and then people get really obsessive about it. I, really I, obsessive. I've totally missed that. I don't even know what that is. So, uh, yeah, it's an internet thing. <clears throat> um, let's see. I mean, there was like your your. There were like zero Superman, zero. That, um, lots funny. of Spider Man. Yeah. People with just like random horns. And they're actually the the, more, the one that I saw the most. I don't know if it's from Adventure Time. Probably was. Is just like a uh, black wigged character with like these curly orange uh, and red horns. Mm. I've yet to figure it out. <clears throat> Somebody can like post it on our Facebook page. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I did see like there was one person at the gate that that was like um, they were cosplaying as like some kind of monster creature. Mm-hmm. Might have been like a Pokemon. So they were on like on on our full all, all fours with like some stilts. Okay. So it looked like they were like an actual creature. Hmm. They had a bunch of handlers. The best by far was I didn't post this on our Facebook wall yet, but Super T was the best. It was Mr. T, but he had the the gold chains came down to this giant gold Superman crest that had a big T on it. Ooh! And and he had a giant set of barbells. I mean, like j- bigger than most people. And he had them like over his head. And he's this giant fat guy. You know, with his huge overalls, and he's like, ah, that sounds amazing. I like when people do shit like that. It was so cool. I'm sure he could not fit the barbells up the escalator to get onto the show floor. He was just there to hang out in the lobby. Ah, super T. That sounds cool. It was was really cool. What were some of the other hot cosplay outfits? I mean, there's hot chicks everywhere. There are a few cosplay contests. You know, it's like, which is great. Get the hot professional cosplayers off the uh, show floor. And mm-hmm. put them, you know, in the corner where they belong, where they can, like, you know, be judged and be given awards and, you know, applause and, you know, save it for the stage. Right. You know, like, you don't want, like, the pros on the floor. You want, like, the um, the amateurs on the floor. Right. That's what I'm always about. I'm just like, in fact, I made this uh, post on my Facebook wall saying, like, hey, does anybody know of any, like, non-gigantic-breasted bombshell model pro cosplayers out there? Because they all seem to be, like, the same body type. Oh. Not that that's a problem, but I'm just like, is there anybody out there that's like a non-traditional body type pro cosplayer? Yeah, I'm okay with uh, normal. We're talking about hot right now. So, like, what were some of the hot uh, costumes? I mean, hotness was all over the place. That's the thing. Is just, just fucking so... tell me a couple. I'm trying. No, I'm Why stalling. Why should be more vague? 
How could you not remember? I gave you a top ten last time I was there. Was there are a lot of one. There are a lot of Wonder Women. Okay. A lot of hot Wonder Women. Okay. A lot of Poison Ivies. Yeah. Because Poison Ivy is so easy. It's like you go to your craft store, yeah. you get some garlands, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then like just some leaf pasties, and you're done. Right. Do you have any uh, like hot... Uh, I mean, uh, Batgirl always does it for me. They got any hot Batgirls? Uh, actually, the best was um, I was leaving to go to the uh, the movie screenings. Mm-hmm. And right outside, right in front of me, a taxi cab pulls up as far as you can possibly get to the Javits Center. And two latex-clad Batgirls come out of the taxi cab. Oh, man. I wish I could have split that <clears throat> cab with them. That's the thing is <laughs> I didn't take any uh, – I didn't take a lot of pictures of cosplayers because – Everybody was taking pictures of cosplayers. Like, I'm sure there's going to be, like, there was, like, a few different professional booths where you could, like, get your picture taken with, like, decent lighting and stuff. Uh-huh. And all the times, big problems. People are, like, stopping the lines of people in between booths saying, hey, I got to take your picture, and then we all have to wait. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess so, I can go on, like, ScreenRant.com. <laughs> They'll probably have a huge gallery. Yeah. And another thing is, like... Once again, the stereotype is true where, like, if you have a video camera, if you're some kind of video crew at the uh, at Comic-Con, guess who they're going to be interviewing? Not regular-looking people, but only cosplayers. Well, why not? That makes it such a better-looking video. Like, uh, people dressed up in costume, that's way cooler. I know, I know, but you, you wind up getting, like, the same, like, sample size, like, every single time. Like, you are, you've got fans that are really dedicated in one certain way, you know, to making these costumes, and that's all you get. Like, you don't get, like, the, the ugly neckbeards. You don't get, like, the regular dudes. There, are, get, like, there are no regular the co- dudes there. <laughs> I was a regular dude. You're not a regular dude. You wore a cape. <laughs> I was the only dude. regular dude there last year. <laughs> I was I was proud to be wearing that cape. I was like, this is the easiest costume ever, and they handed it to me when I got on the door. Oh, so you didn't even bring it. Oh. No, see, I get, no, see that, that's the thing is... Uh, with swag, you got to get there early because mm-hmm. people are like, okay, we have X amount of swag for each day. Right. Okay, so you have to get there early because they give it all away until it's gone. Mm-hmm. So the DC had this really cool Superman booth where they had uh, every Superman costume uh, in existence in a glass case. Mm. So there was like the original uh, serials, like mm-hmm. like I want to say like the, even like the black and white serials. That was there, and then they had the man all the way up to the Man of Steel, okay, including the crummy Superman Returns, mm-hmm. and so they were passing out Superman capes. Oh. So every every day that I went, I grabbed a new cape. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so ladies and gentlemen, this cape and other swag can be yours. Yeah. So let's let's lay this out. I got a zillion posters, dude. I'm not even talking like a small amount. I'm talking like 15 to 20 wow. posters of all kinds of stuff, like Marvel, DC, Korra. Like af- after the Joaquin and PJ and all the rest of the Korra guys were done signing autographs, I was one of the mob that like followed followed the Nickelodeon reps around until they gave us the remaining posters that they did not sign. Nice. Yeah, and we got them, and it was a little bit like I was a little scared for the people who had the posters because they were like <laughs> they were gonna get killed. Yes. All, all it takes is one person to punch them in the face, and we're all like moving forward to grab. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Cora poster, which is and and a bunch of other exclusives. Uh, I give you my press badge. Why not? And like a bunch of comics and um, and <laughs> and an exclusive Mega Blocks 
Barbie figurine that somebody handed me on the show floor. <laughs> they just said, here, you look like a man who would like a Barbie. <laughs> I got a ton of swag, and every year uh, we give it away. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you want this ton of posters, this really cool 75th anniversary Superman cape, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we're going to do a contest. Yeah. So, here's what you got to do. Obviously, every every uh, episode we mention the fact that we rule iTunes. I mean, we keep iTunes alive. However, you know, it'd be nice to have a couple more reviews, a couple more ratings on the iTunes webpage. So, look us up. Look up the Jumpman Podcast on iTunes and give us an amazing review on our show. It could be funny, hilarious. It could just be ultimate fanboy. However you want to do it, give us an amazing review on iTunes. Yes, we're asking you to do this. I don't fucking care. <laughs> And hey, wait, wait, let, let, let's just say, like, you could say whatever you want. I don't really care. As long as you don't, like, rip on us, that's totally fine. You could say, like, like Nick Cage is the one true god. Yeah. Steven Seagal, please do a team-up movie, and that's it. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Just, give us some, just give us a review. Well, I guess you can tell us. You, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can tell. You can give us a review and say we suck, I guess. But it's kind of <laughs> not, not, really not really the spirit of this contest. But, you know, it's a free world. Feel free to troll. Um, Word. But we will uh, we'll take the best review out there, whether it's um, <clears throat> the funniest or the most praiseworthy or just the most unique or whatever, and you'll be the winner of the swag. That's right. So if you got a lot of wall space in your dorm room and you need it filled with uh, awesome kick-ass posters, yeah. give us give us a review, and we'll post the uh, the link to our iTunes page on our Facebook wall, or you could just you know just Google iTunes Jumpman Podcast, and trust me, it'll be there. Yeah, so if you like the show, which is probably why you're listening, because why would you hate listen? That's just dumb. <laughs> so some people do. But uh, if you like the show and you feel like uh, you know blowing smoke up our ass, which we do like the feeling of, uh, go ahead and go to iTunes, and we'll pick the best one to give you all this free shit. Cool. And that way, I don't have to have it in my house anymore. Yeah. So... Yeah, dude, it's been an amazing weekend. I'm glad that you got to watch those panels. That makes me feel less bad that you that you couldn't come up. Yeah, I'm definitely signing up for next year. So, cool. Oh, and I do. I did say I would do a scary story every um, every issue mm. we had in October. So I'll give yes. you. Um, I was saving this short uh, story for later on, but I'll just do it now since we're almost out of time here. So, yeah, right. dude, we're 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 on like max capacity. Yeah. So here we go. Scary story number two. True life story that actually happened to me. You decide how real it was, but it was real to me, brother. Okay. Okay. So one night, back when I was in college, I followed this girl <laughs> back to her dorm room. Oh. Things were going good until I took off her bra, and she had giant nipples. Oh my ah! god. Giant nipples! <laughs> They're huge! They're like five pepperoni pieces! All together! <laughs> ah! They're like scrambled egg titties! Ah! <laughs> so I quickly put the bra back on. Oh man. But the moment was ruined, so I just said I was too wasted and left. <laughs> ah! Damn! But I can still see those giant nipples even to this very day. Yeah, do you get haunted yeah. by like two two oppressive round shapes uh, in the middle of the night? They're so gross. They were like half the boob. Oh no, uh, so nasty. <laughs> well, <laughs> true scary story. I'm sure everyone else just got goosebumps on the back of their neck. That is pretty scary. I mean, maybe she had a you know like a nice personality she, to, uh, to go along with that. Giant nipples, <laughs> so gross. Maybe they're pasties. No, maybe. Uh, <laughs> 
Barrow gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God, I just got the shivers. <laughs> so that's my scary story of this episode of October. Uh, I'll have a much longer, scarier, probably not scary, but I'll have a much longer one next episode. That's pretty good. That's kind of like that's kind of like um, like opening like a treasure chest in like any like role playing game. You never know if you're gonna get like a monster in a box. That's true. The <laughs> monster's gonna pop out and fight you. Oh god! All right, giant nipples. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. <laughs> All right, like, like imagine, imagine like an orc in World of Warcraft, but he just has like oppressively giant nipples. Yeah, so gross. <laughs> All right. I gotta go, man. I gotta watch some football. All right, dude. So check us out uh, every week. We're with you every week for free. Uh, uh, we're on RetroWareTV.com, Elder-Geek.com. Uh, you can check us out at the JumpmenPodcast.com. That's JumpmenPodcast.com. Or uh, check us out on Facebook. And we'd love to have you like our page and, like, I don't know. <laughs> and Stitcher Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Pro- provided you're still sending them stuff. All right. Thanks out there to all the maniacs who are posting crap on our Facebook wall. We love you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Peace. Jump man engage. I find your lack of faith disturbing. One shall stand, one shall fall. Fatality.